Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Video Games Now podcast. My name's Rodney and I'm joined by Will. Hello, Will. What's up, guys? And uh, we're joined by our journalist, Brooks. How's it going, VGN fans? All right, so today we're going to talk about some cool things like Fallout 76. That was uh, the trailer was coming out, it came out earlier in the week, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Also, uh, some big Pokemon news, and we're going to talk about that. And Will and I are, are quite excited. And uh, Brooks saw the trailer not too long ago. And he's uh, he's a wee bit excited. He might actually go buy a Switch now, which is which is good stuff. Everybody gets stoked for E3 because it's going to be sick this year. Uh, I think we should get right into it. Yeah, and uh, like I said uh, in the last end of the last podcast, uh, we're going to be doing some exclusive E3 coverage, not in the form of podcast necessarily, but uh, like I said, it'll be articles. We're going to release uh, some videos, just basically summarizing all the all the press releases, just so you don't have to watch the entire hour and a half, two hour conference. Uh, you can just watch our videos, and it'll be nice and summarized. And we can just get right into it. All right, guys, so all that's coming up right now. All right, so uh, what do you want to talk about first, Fallout or Pokemans? How many fingers am I holding up, Will? Doesn't matter. (laughs) Let's talk about uh, Fallout 76 first. All right, so, um, Brooks, you shared the initial trailer on our Facebook page, so I... I'm going to assume that you're super stoked about this new one. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I've played pretty much all the Fallout games except for the first one. And uh, I was really excited when they released that Please Stand By trailer. Not going to lie, I was expecting it to be New Vegas Remastered, maybe because that's just my favorite game. But when the trailer came out, I was actually pretty surprised. It looks pretty damn good. Um, basically, it shows the inside of a nice-looking Vault 76, a vault we've never seen before in the Fallout games. Uh, it's all pristine. Apparently, it's one of the control vaults, meaning it's not one of the ones that had the wacky, horrible, evil experiments. It's actually one of the vaults that actually kept people alive and uh, was normal. And then basically, you can see some vault dweller dude suiting up, putting a suit on, popping his pit boy on. And uh, yeah, so basically, <clears throat> there's not too much information on the game as of right now. But uh, we do have a Kotaku article here. Um, with some sources that apparently worked closely with the game. Uh, So I'm just going to dive right into the article and just read some stuff from it. So 
According to the Kotaku article, Fallout 76 is in fact going to be an online survival RPG heavily inspired by games like DayZ and Rust, according to the three people familiar with the project that talked to the website. Those people confirm that 73 is going to be an experimental new entry into the long-running post-apocalyptic series. Um, so I honestly don't know what that means for the Fallout franchise. They've never really done anything like this, but I don't know, boys. What do you guys think? Like, I'm envisioning, you know, I hate to joke about it, but Fallout Battle Royale. <laughs> um, I'll go first, Will, because it'll be quick. Um, I've played, I played Fallout 3. I did not finish Fallout 3, but that's the only Fallout that I've played. But I did enjoy what it what it was as a game for what it for i play i probably played 70 percent of it or so but um so from what i've gathered from the third one are the other ones uh similar to that one where you start in a vault work your way out and then you're uh, outside in the post-apocalyptic kind of world all right so um yeah the other fallout entries um are quite similar to fallout 3 in the sense that you always almost always play as a vault dweller um in new vegas you don't actually start in the vault and you're not even a vault dweller you're just some guy who gets a vault suit but for the most part it's always the same formula you start in the vault something goes wrong you have to leave the vault and go into the crazy apocalypse world <laughs> Um, I know there's a little bit more here on what the game is going to be like. Uh, apparently, according to this article here, it was originally prototyped as a multiplayer version of Fallout 4. So I'm trying to envision what that would look like. Um, I expect it to be like a bunch of people uh, maybe co-op oriented, maybe versus mode oriented, starting in different vaults across the map leaving their vaults and then sort of building their world and sort of building their community, uh, going out and scavenging resources on the surface and then going back into their vault. I don't know if you guys have played Rust or Daisy or that sort of thing. Rust is sort of what I'm thinking of because Fallout 4 had a crafting system and so did Rust. So I'm kind of thinking like, you know, you go out, you scavenge for supplies, you go back and you start building up and crafting your vault on the inside. And maybe there's going to be a PvP element, like other players can come and raid and destroy your vault, something like that. Which honestly, yeah. I think I think it'd be really cool. I don't know. Like I, I've played all the Fallout's as well as you. I don't. I'm not a huge Fallout fan, but I do enjoy them. I'm really not too sure how what they mean by like an online survival. Like I understand what you're saying, but it just it seems kind of weird with the, like the Fallout style of franchise to do a multiplayer game. Would it be something like State of Decay Two meets Fortnite? Maybe. Maybe like like again the, the, like I don't know if you have you played Rust, Rodney? Ever uh, Rust? No, I haven't played either Rust or that other the so, other one. So it's like uh, basically you start and you have nothing, and then you kind of go and you start punching a tree, very Minecraft like, and then you build a stick, and then um, you go and you kill something, and then you sort of build things as you start up. So I think it's going to be like a survival game. I don't know if it's going to have battle royale uh, elements. Rust is very PvP focused in the sense that there's a big map. Uh, it's kind of like Ark as well. Like I'm thinking honestly that it's gonna be like Fallout Ark sort of thing where there's a big Fallout wasteland map and then people are gonna start in their little vaults and then go out and just scavenging things like that. What if um, maybe like the apocalypse, it's a nuclear apocalypse if I recall, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah post-nuclear apocalypse. So what if you know the, the Earth's actually livable now and now you gotta basically start from scratch and well, could, start building up again. 
based on what we know about Vault 76 through Fallout lore, it's one of the vaults that was meant to open 20 years after the nuclear war. So Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 actually take place 200 years after the nuclear apocalypse. Because basically the world was so radioactive and so messed up, human civilization couldn't live at all on the surface. So people had to basically wait out and chill underneath uh, the surface in their vaults until the radiation levels went down. But apparently, according to what we know in uh, little logs in Fallout 3 and 4, 76 only opened 20 years later. So what I'm thinking is you're going to spend most of your time in the vault and maybe going up to the surface to scavenge and going back down really quickly um, because of radiation levels or something like that. Yeah, maybe they'll add in some sort of thing where, you know, like I'm sure you guys have played uh, Zelda Phantom Hourglass where you're going into the spirit of the of the uh, whale lord dude. And um, you can only go so far because your your uh, hourglass only has so many things of sand. So you can only go in for three minutes before you start taking like hardcore damage. So I wonder if they're going to incorporate a system like that where you go outside and you can only survive for a certain amount of things or a certain amount of time to get certain things, and then you have to go back into the vault, get your shit together, and uh, you know find find parts to upgrade your your suit to to survive longer out in the. Honestly, I think that could be awesome because like uh, I think I can see sort of something like maybe you have an oxygen meter because the air is so toxic and radioactive. You kind of have to like go up, and you only have a certain amount of time. And also, how radiation works is like the more you're exposed to it, the more deadly it is. So you could probably go up and you could upgrade a radiation suit, and like the more upgraded your suit is the longer you can spend on the surface and then you upgrade build weapons and like if you go into certain areas of the map there's going to be some crazy monster mutant type things that'll totally just tear you in half and sort of like i think they could do like progression like that i do think the like the hourglass time idea like that could definitely work if they stick with the whole 20 years after the nuke thing because if they don't if they i mean they could do whatever they want with it really like i'm just hoping i'm just hoping it doesn't turn into a battle royale situation I hate to keep going back to that point, though. <laughs> no, I, I get you there. I really don't want to uh, follow turning into a battle royal. Uh, it, with it being labeled as an online survival game, uh, I think it's going more. It'll probably be more like how you've been describing the game than it being a full-on uh, multiplayer uh, free-for-all. Yeah, I like Fortnite because I mean it's because it's its own thing. Like I said in the last podcast, but. Yeah, I, I think a lot of games are going to start turning towards that genre because of the popularity of Fortnite. But I just don't want. I yeah, everyone's now copying and they they're stop they're they're not innovating anymore, which is what we what we need. Yeah, um, they said one of the sources said that um, the game is rapidly changing right now. So based on what these guys said right now, it could when it comes out, it could be nothing like like, like it could be nothing like uh, the sort of survival. Uh, multiplayer kind of thing that we have. Yeah, um, I mean, they say survival, so maybe you are stuck on the surface, and you're fight, you're trying to find the resources to survive because it's so toxic outside. So, you know, they might be doing something original, and we're just kind of <laughs> thinking about it a different way, right? Yeah, I guess. But we're just gonna have to wait and uh, see at E3 what uh, followed uh, is actually showcased and shown off. You think there'll be a playable demo available at E3, and we'll get some gameplay from from uh, from the show floor. Like the game, um, from what we've seen so far, we don't know how far in development it is. So, all depends if this is a game that's going to be coming out this year, or if this is a game that's still a year away. Yeah, and hey, uh, was this leaked in the Walmart thing? I can't remember. No, this was a new uh, 
game, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember anything being on the Walmart thing. Uh, let me just look up the Walmart thing right now just to double check. I think I might I think I vaguely remember that. Who knows? Anyways, so Fallout um uh Fallout New Vegas, Brooks, you're saying was a little bit different than the other ones, and just do you mind explaining that a little bit just so I can get my head around it? Because basically, like, uh, Fallout New Vegas was more of a side project. Um, it basically, the company that did the first and second Fallout games was bought out by Bethesda for the third one. And they had a project that they were working on that got scrapped and never finished when it changed hands. Then Bethesda kindly let them finish that project in the form of New Vegas. So basically, New Vegas is way more RPG and story oriented than Fallout 3. There's way more endings, there's many, many more characters, there's many, many more different routes and alignments and factions you can go with. Whereas narrative-driven, in the sense where it kind of forces you to make one decision, like you have to side with the Brotherhood of Steel, and you can be good or bad, but you kind of, at the end of the day, you're still fighting for the same guys. Whereas in Fallout New Vegas, you could literally side with anybody. As for the beginning, um, Fallout 3, you start in the vault as a vault dweller, and then you leave the vault when some bad stuff happens. I don't want to spoil too much for fans who haven't played it. But New Vegas, you kind of just get shot in the face by some guy, and you wake up with amnesia, and then some dude who was a former vault dweller is like, hey, I don't need my Pip-Boy, which is like the little vault personal computer thing, or the vault suit anymore, and kind of gives it to you. So that's why a lot of fans liked, uh, they liked Fallout New Vegas more, is because there was a lot more choice and you could kind of be who you wanted to be, whereas Fallout 3 and Fallout 4, for that matter, kind of force a narrative on you where you kind of like, in Fallout 4, I don't know if you guys played it, but you're looking for your son. So it's like, even though you can kind of create your own character, you're still a parent looking for their son. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. I don't okay. think, but with this new game, I don't even think there's going to be, like, there might not even be any story. Oh, yeah. Um, I just looked at the Walmart list again. Yeah, it's not on there. So Walmart screwed that one up. Um... That was a joke. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's cool that uh, we got something a little bit different than what was on the leaked Walmart list. So then maybe we have a few things to look forward to at E3 that weren't actually leaked. So uh, why don't we, uh, you guys done talking about Fallout here? I feel like it's dying out here. It's dying out. Yeah, out let's on, move on. On the Falloutness. Uh, let's talk about Pokemon. I can talk about Pokemon until the, the full moon. So Pokemon, new things coming out for the Switch. Uh, Will, you want to explain what it is here to the audience well, of VGM? Well, first off, uh, Nintendo showcased um, a new Pokemon uh, title. Not a full-on core game per se, but they did say a, a new core uh, Pokemon title will be coming to the Switch in 2019. They also showcased a game that's already out now on the eShop. Uh, it's more of like a Minecraft Pokemon than anything, but it's called Pokemon RPG. That is free on the eShop uh right now so anyone that wants to check that out uh, please do but going ahead they announced uh, what's been rumored for a while with all the leaks from Nintendo and uh, definitely uh, I can't remember Junichi Musa what's the Junichi the head of the Pokemon company um, the, guys who, the guy's name who we're going to butcher so just continue on but yeah that, about that, that uh, here we go Junichi Musuara, director at the Pokemon uh, uh, for Game Freak, has um, been leaking a lot of pictures on his Instagram and Twitter of uh, just stuffed animals of Pikachu and Eevee hanging out. So he's been doing this pretty smart, you know, kind of uh, kind of fine as well. But we have uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee that are coming to the Switch on November 16th this year. Yeah. 
So just looking, I'm just watching the trailer again. I mean, the initial look of it is like Pokemon Go, but for Switch. But it, and then it gets further in the trailer and it looks much more than that. So this actually has me super excited. The Minecraft one that you're talking about, like the they, the the Pokemon just look like, oh, kill me, I'm blocky. Um, I don't know, that's just me, but. <laughs> no, it, like I said, it's a, it looks like Pokemon Minecraft, but it is a free game on the eShop, so, you know, I, I'll probably give it a shot, see what it's like, but if anything, I'm more looking forward to uh, Let's Go Pikachu and yeah. Let's Go Eevee. I don't know, um, which one do you want? Because we're not getting the same version. I'm probably going to go with the Eevee. I, oh, I know good. you're more of a uh, Pikachu diehard. So. Pikachu's my bud. <laughs> Yeah. So, <laughs> um, what about you, uh, Brooks? Are you just gonna follow along on Pokemon Go or what? Uh, I think I'm gonna get the Pikachu because I did that Easter egg. I don't know if you guys remember Pokemon Go that there was an Easter egg where if you didn't pick one of the three Pokemon, I think it was Bulbasaur, uh, Charmander, and Squirtle. If you didn't pick one and you walked away or whatever, a secret Pikachu could spawn. So I think I'm gonna go with Pikachu. Nice. Um, I learned about that later and I was quite choked. Honestly, because Pikachu is my bud, like I said. We go yeah. way back. Um, yeah, but I'm looking. There's a couple of uh, different controller options for this game that looked interesting. They obviously have the Joy-Cons for the Switch, and then they also have a Pokeball that you hold in your hand, and you can control the characters in the game with the Pokeball. And then also you can use the Pokeball to throw a, the Pokeball in the game, so that'll be quite interesting because I'll probably break something like my elbow eventually. Um, but yeah, just do your granny tosses. Yeah, <laughs> under uh, yeah between the legs, and yeah. Uh, yeah but it's it, you still got to aim at the Pokemon like you do on Pokemon Go. Like you have to find you have to find that sweet spot, right? Oh yeah, but you could definitely still like you know there's different ways of throwing. I used to throw some curveballs at the for Pokemon Go. I threw nothing but curveballs, even if I tried to throw straight balls. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and then it, it really sucked when you're using, like, Great Balls and Ultra Balls and you're just missing everything. And it's like, or they they dodge them. Did that ever happen to you in Pokemon Go? You, like, flick it and it's like, woo, and just dodge it. And you're like, no, buddy, get yeah, in the ball. Yeah, a, uh, a lot of them have dodged me, especially the ones that, have, that are flying or they're floating or really far away. And then in the anime, they make it look, like, easy, like, t like five-year-olds are nailing Pokemon with Pokeballs. Like, like it's, like, nobody's business. In the newest, I mean, like, I, I had it where like, uh, what's the, the 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 star, the one that the floating star Pokemon, the water uh, one, star, yeah. you? star you, yeah. I had that thing literally punch away my Pokeballs, or like like literally twenty times, and I was using the Ultra Ball, and I fed it the strawberry. What's the what's the berry called? Raspberry. The raspberry and the thing like literally. So I hope it's it's easier for for clearly handicapped people like myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I. I haven't played Pokemon Go, like, for a while. Um, like, way before the Gen 2 update. Like, yeah, it was a long time ago. It was, like, the only game me and my girlfriend played together that was that lasted longer than two minutes. And, uh, yeah, it was... We would literally go driving, and she would um, either... Whoever was driving would just drive, and then they would have... Um, the other person with both phones, one phone would have Pokemon, the Poker Radar on it, and then if we saw something we wanted to go to, she's like, oh, go to, like, you know, Canada Way and, and this, and I would literally drive there because there's a Nidoking or something, and then she would open up Pokemon Go on both phones and just, like, double 
flick yeah or it'd be the reverse i'd be doing that because i'm a little bit more uh um, multitasking a bull (laughs) but yeah that was that was fine but you get this game was ridiculous like you'd get to the nido king you catch the nido king and you're like okay cool let's leave and you can't leave because like 18 other vans come and then like 16 people get out of the van and are like crossing the street without looking both ways and they're like trying to catch the nido king it's like oh my god Oh, man, it was a cultural phenomenon when it wasn't just a game. Like it was a cultural phenomenon when Pokemon Go came out. Like it, it took the whole world by storm. So I'm kind of oh, yeah. interested to see if uh, it's going to do the same thing because, like, pretty much everybody in the civilized world has a cell phone. Not everybody has a Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm, yeah. At least they should. I don't know what they're doing wrong. They should have one. But I well, mean, I'm interested to see if it's going to be as popular with this as the success. I mean. What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, y- y- it was really, really difficult to get a Switch initially because Nintendo completely underestimated the amount of co- uh, the amount of consoles they'd sell because they, the Wii U only sold 16 million units and the Wii sold 100 million units, so they so they obviously super overestimated how many Wii U's they'd sell and they sold nothing. So they thought for the Switch they'd play it safe and only make 8 million units uh, at launch, and then of course the demand was huge. Right, but the, the the funny thing there though is like literally they said the switch would be available right now at the E3 conference for pre-order. So last year, right after the E3 conference for Nintendo, I drove to uh, my game shop and I was the first one there, and I got the first uh, pre-order for the switch. Well, I mean, I can see why people wouldn't go down and pre-order the switch after the. Fail, successful failure of the of the Wii U console, yeah. and I mean it didn't really have any launch titles really confirmed other than Zelda, which is like cool. Like we knew Zelda was coming, you know. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have gone down and pre-ordered it after. Uh, I mean that's a blunt lie. I'm a Nintendo lifer, so I, I totally would have done that, but I didn't. Yeah. Well- one thing I am, uh, you might know this, Will, but uh, it it does show in the trailer that you can transfer over Pokemon from your Pokemon Go to the uh, to the Switch. Will the like will the level progress get carried over? I'm not too sure about that. They haven't showcased anything. All I do know is you're only going to be able to transfer over Johto uh, or Kanto Pokemon, the original uh, 151 uh, to uh, Let's Go. Well, so, I, th- I think yeah. um, just looking at the trailer, because when you played Pokemon Go, when you walked, you generated candies and you generated uh, something else. Like when you walked the- with your buddy Pokemon or whatever, then you would generate experience. So I think it might be this a similar thing where when you're walking in the world of Let's Go, that you're uh, contributing experience towards this Pokemon and then you can switch it back over to Pokemon Go. No, uh, there's it's only one way. Is it? Oh, it's only one way? Yeah. Interesting. So, <laughs> I just thought of the Honest Game trailers for Pokemon Go. That was a funny episode. <laughs> Literally grind up your Pokemon into candies and then feed them to another Pokemon. That's weird. But going into uh, more information, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee are inspired by Pokemon Yellow, where the series mascot Pikachu follows, you, uh, follows around the player character. Um, it will also take place in Kanto, the original region for Pokemon uh, on the Game Boy. Uh, it will also feature the original 150, uh, 151 Pokemon. Each version w- will have um, your respective Pikachu or Eevee sitting on your player's shoulder or head throughout the game. 
while these games are the first proper Pokemon games to come to the Switch, like I said before, Nintendo has also announced that there is a new, brand new core Pokemon game in development for the console slated to come late 2019. I, the game is also going to feature one brand new Pokemon and the Alolan forms of the original 151. I wonder if this is a test a test game for Gen 8. You know, like they went back to Kanto, so they're obviously, you know, they went back to the roots and they're just seeing how it all plays out and how everyone reacts to it for it being the first like really full, it looks like a really uh, like the full 3D experience. Right, it's not just like partial 3D where you're like like black or not black and white. Um, what do you call it? Um, Sun and Moon. Yeah. It, you know, like I mean, yeah, it was it was kind it was 3D, but it was it was still kind of partial 3D. But this one looks like it'll be you know, you you roam. I mean, it looks like similar graphics. I don't know. I, I don't even know what the hell I'm trying to say right now. I just I just want to play this game. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, though, about it also featuring one brand new Pokemon? Well, like I said before, I'm expecting it to be like a stool that evolves into a chair. So that maybe that's why they put it put the original 150 in there and, and then the one chair, just so everyone's not as choked. Yeah, I... I... <laughs> Yeah, who knows? I'm I'm expecting actually this brand new Pokemon to probably be a legendary from the next Gen Eight. Yeah, and uh, to top it off, Will the chair was just the second evolution. The third evolution is a sofa. <laughs> Better be damn comfortable. And it's uh, it's special. It's uh, it's um, Mega Evolution form is a is a hide a bed, and then and then it's like special ability is like. Oh, it's it's gone. It's lost between the cushions. Yeah, I'm listening, to, uh, reading an article here too, which um, is also kind of cool. Here is um, they took inspiration from and used Pokemon Yellow version as the base for these games. Like I said, J uh, Junichi Masuda. I'm very sorry if I'm butchering your name. Director at Pokemon Developer Game Freak told reporters during a private represent presentation about the games. These games come after Pokemon Red and Blue, and what they did was take the original games and add a bunch of elements from the animated series like Team Rocket and other characters to be better resonate with the young kids. We knew we wanted to try out new gameplay ideas with this game and wanted to find a version to add on to where it would make the most sense. Well, they, they had Team Rocket in uh, the original. Like That's what I thought too. Yeah. So like, like I'm, I'm talking about sure. like Jesse James and Meowth, unless that was just in yellow. I can't quite remember. I think Jesse James and Meowth were only in yellow. Right, because they made the yellow similar to the anime. Because you started with I'm Pikachu. I'm pretty sure this is what the article is about. Is it's a little confusing, but I think he's more talking about yellow because yellow came after the original red and blue. So by that time, the anime was already out, and yellow used. Um, you know, part ports uh, a bit of the anime in its uh, story. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, like I said, I'm excited to play this, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the Switch, like the core game that's going to come out for the Switch. So obviously that'll be Gen 8 because they have one new Pokemon coming out on this game, and what they generally do is like with the Pokemon movies that come out with the anime is if it's getting released, you know under a year before Gen 8, or, or sorry, the next generation comes out, they usually put a couple new Pokemon in there just to kind of tease them. 
Um, I'm sure you guys don't watch the movies because you're grown men, but I, I'm I refuse to grow up and I watch all the Pokemon movies. I've um, watched all the movies. Um, they've actually introduced a brand new uh, Pokemon. I can't remember his name. Let me look it up. But he's in the brand new movie that's coming out. I think in June or September. I can't remember. It's the summer Pokemon movie. Oh, okay. I just wanted to interject real quick, Rodney. Once the '90s kid, always the '90s kid. So oh yeah. I've seen all the Pokemon movies as well. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I've been slacking a little bit on uh, keeping up on all the all the names for all the Pokemans. Um, I mean, I could still name the original 150 so, or 151. So, and probably actually, I could probably go all the way up to Hoenn at the end of Hoenn. Still, that's that, that's impressive to me, but to nobody else. That's literally like I could literally put that on my resume. Yeah. I also I want to bring back now that they've also changed the movies now to going to the old school style. What do you what, what are your thoughts there? Do you think this is going to affect the games? And that's why, like, the brand new Pokemon I choose you went and redid Kanto. Well, yeah, and they freaking removed the two characters that mattered the most in that whole thing. So, let's be frank. Misty and Brock are a must. That's yeah, that. that's true. But it doesn't look like uh, the next movie. It's the same style. It's called Pokemon uh, Everyone's Story. And it's, uh, from what I've seen of the trailer, it's got um, Lu uh, Lugia again. Maybe Ash discovers who his dad is. That would be nice. That'll, That'll never happen. <laughs> There's a fan theory going around that Giovanni's Ash's dad. Uh, yeah, that one's been around for a while. Yeah. Have you heard this one, Brooks? I'm sure you have. Oh, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it somewhat makes sense. Because in the beginning, yeah. in the beginning, her mom's like, "Oh, something Viridian City, your dad Viridian City," and then he's like, like legit in Viridian City all the time as the gym leader. Uh, here we Question. go. The oh, brand sorry, new go Pokemon, Zorora. Zorora. Is that have anything Check. to do with Zorark? Uh, no, it's a lightning uh, Pokemon. Check it out. It's. Uh, I'm sure you both have your computers in uh, front of you and everyone else. It's spelled How do you spell Z, it? Z, E, R, A. O-R-A. Alright, let's have a look-sees. He looks kind of interesting. Yeah, he does look well, That thing's badass. Alright. Okay. It's not a chair, so that's good. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, uh... It reminds me of Zapdos crossed with, uh... Lucario? Zap... Yeah, Lu Lu yeah Lucario. I was gonna say Mewtwo, but yeah. That's yep. what I'm getting off it. Yeah, I can see that. This Pokemon kind of looks like it belongs somewhere in the in the desert. So is it going to be like a deserty kind of region, or what do you guys what do you guys think? Well, this Pokemon is actually being introduced in Gen Seven. Oh, as a Gen Seven Pokemon. Yeah. So uh -huh. kind of late. They're using him in the brand new movie. Um, so I don't know where he's actually fits into this. No, but they've done that before, like I said, you know, where they've it, they've teased new Pokemon in the old movies, like for example, Lucario and the Mystery Mew, like that came out oh, just, yeah. but just before Gen 4. Yeah, no, I'm just saying he's being introduced though in Gen 7, like a, um, he's actually going to be available to download, I think, closer to the date of the release for the movie. That, uh, why? Why wouldn't you just save it for Gen 8? Because yeah. it's like, hey, we it's discovered just, a new Pokemon. He's stayed hidden from us for so long. Because I just want to... The last uh, the last one I played was Ultra Sun and Moon. Wasn't Zeraora in that? I'm, I'm sorry. 
Can't remember. He, I didn't know he's uh he's Ultra Sun and Moon is Gen Seven, and that's the game he's being introduced in. He's only gonna. He's so Sun so and far, Sun and Moon that was the one I'm playing. Okay. Yeah. Ultra Sun and Moon is basically the same thing. That's what I'm playing right now, but it's a little um. There's a few changes to it. A couple new uh like. Uh, I don't know. It's it's like a replica, pretty much, following the same story, other than um, having a few new uh, versions of the Pokemon. Do you guys think th uh, this is back to the Pokemon Switch? But are the yeah? Do you think they're going to release a Pokemon edition of the Nintendo Switch? Oh, definitely. Like they, I they, think they, they will. Yeah, they yeah. cash in on that every time for sure. Um, the question because I'll definitely get the bundle if there's like a bundle that comes with the game. I'll definitely get that. Yeah. The question is, though, um, because North America is very crappy when it comes to Nintendo, is most likely there's going to be way better versions available for uh, Japan and Australia. That will eventually make it to North America probably next year for Christmas, I'm assuming, to cash in on Christmas. No, a lot of these, um, like the limited edition 3DSs, um, limited edition Wii U's back in the day, limited edition uh, Switch that's already out. There was like a, go a gold one, I think. I can't remember for Zelda. It's all been just uh, literally um, Europe, well, Australia and Japan. So uh, off topic a little bit, I just sent you guys the um, new shirt design. I'm sure you guys got it. Um, I chuckle every time and I showed it to a couple people with no context and they all laugh. So, uh, yeah, we're uploading a new shirt design. It's, uh, it's a drunk dude taking a breathalyzer test, but the breathalyzer is an NES cartridge. It's supposed to be funny. Um, so, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to upload that to our store here very soon and it'll be available probably tomorrow afternoon. So, yeah. Always game responsibly, folks. Always game responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the early in the early draft of this design, um, he like the cop looks so plain and I'm like, "Come on, we got to make him like super generic him the aviators and the mustache." All that jazz. So, yeah, no, I like it. It looks good. Our uh, designers are really good uh, really good designer. Definitely. I like it. Should uh should we move on to the new Assassin's Creed? Why don't we? Yeah, so up with uh, us this one, on one there. was actually kind of funny because there was a couple leaks um, and some pictures that were shown. and But literally, uh, the first thing that came out today, it was actually earlier this morning, was a keychain of uh, a Greek soldier's helmet in a uh, like a package that says a Assassin's Creed Odyssey. A lot of people are saying this is going to be the swag for E3 for Assassin's Creed. Someone just got their hands on it a little early and uh, posted a picture. Ubisoft responded by releasing a two-second teaser that shows um, another uh, soldier kicking a, another soldier off a cliff. And uh, then it goes to Assassin's Creed Odyssey. See you at E3. So did, did you guys play Assassin's Creed Origins? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, we. And played, you guys liked we, it. We played a lot of Origins. Yeah. I like. I'm a it. long time fan of the series too, and then I actually, after Unity, I got so turned off that I didn't give uh, Origins another chance. But based on the reception of this one, I think I might have to buy Origins and then buy this because I'm a huge Greek mythology fan. So this is right up my alley. And that's what turned me on to Origins was I'm a huge ancient Egypt fan. So that when I saw that at I think it was E3 last year when it was released or sorry it was teased and I was like oh bleh, oh my god and then I played at PAX I played 
the demo and I mean the only issue I had with the demo was the controls because the controls were different than classic Assassin's Creed games but when I got the actual game you could switch the controls over so that right away uh, <laughs> remediated that problem for me but yeah the game was amazing it was, it was huge huge open world I mean it's the same cut and paste Ubisoft formula climb this scout you know see your surroundings go to this point go to that point help this guy kill this hippo whatever um, and yeah it was a it was a ton of fun and there's there was there was quite a bit to do and I found it challenging near the end when you had to kill all the all the the dudes with the red helmets and the and the horns whatever they're called again yeah they were tough some of them were tough but Blackatai. yeah they were they were, they were quite tough but yeah it's a huge map but I explored the map 100% I wanted to make sure that I did that before I moved on to another game and I finished the game before this is before the DLC came out so they they expand I think it put another 10 hours of gameplay into the into the game so I haven't played that yet. Yeah, I, I do want to go back. I have the season pass, so I think that'll be a game I should probably uh, maybe start playing next week before I go back to full time work because I, I I'm really I keep forgetting about it, but it's there. So yeah, I gotta that, play that and Shadow of War. Ugh. it. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever upload? You should upload uh, your kitty uh, video to our YouTube page or. Uh, I I our did. Website. It's in. It's built into our. Um... Um, one of our top ten videos. It was, one, oh, okay. it, was, it was our first top ten video we ever did. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Can, can we go back to AC real quick? I just wanted to talk about. You guys watched the t little teaser trailer they released, right? Yep. yep. Was that not hilarious? Like, I that was a total throwback to three hundred when he kicks the guy off yeah. the cliff. It's probably like a stock image for Ubisoft. It's they just have the motion capture just like stocked, <laughs> and they just throw the costumes on quickly. If you can do that in the game, I'll just fork over my money right now. Like pre-order, I don't care. Well, you can do that in <laughs> Origins, actually. If you got, well, you, you have the skill tree in Origins, right? So you can unlock the point where you can. I can't remember what the skill is called, but yeah, you can basically sneak up on someone on a roof and then just kick them off. So that's, yeah, I so, remember that. So I, I think, you, it didn't even have to be on the roof. I remember doing it off a cliff, like not a cliff, but well, I guess it was a cliff. It was a, it was still rocks underneath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we lost Brooks. He went to buy Assassin's Creed Origins right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's it was really good, Brooks. I was I was quite impressed with it. Because like sure. I loved I loved every single Assassin's Creed entry, uh, even the first one, which got a lot of flack for being really archaic. But mm -hmm. uh, like I'm also a huge fan of uh, The Witcher and Dark Souls, and and Origins has that kind of like really in depth really reactive combat system did you play black so, flag i did play black flag i loved it yeah i loved it yeah black flag was was freaking amazing um but they're coming out with skull and bones later in the year i think right will that got delayed it's now uh sometime next spring of course yeah when is a game ever made it out on time um yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean like i said in, pre in a previous podcast that there's something in that game that hasn't grabbed me yet like I did like the naval combat in Black Flag, but it, it, yeah, it just 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 having the combat and not having it be your own ship or whatever. I don't know. I just I don't know. The thing enough. about Black Flag though is part of the fun was uh, jumping off your ship and going and exploring the little islands. Yeah, like, that was that was almost like and the naval. Don't get me wrong, the naval combat was good, but I'm with you, Rodney. I don't think they could support an entire seventy in Canada eighty five dollar game. I don't know. I'm not sold. Yeah. I'm gonna wait. They're probably gonna showcase uh, 
um, Skull and Bones a lot more at E3 uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe we can find out if the game actually does have some sort of story or if you'll be able to get off the ship. I know there's supposed to be tons of customization of how you want your ship to look and stuff like that. So oh. Skull and Bones Battle Royale at E3. Stay tuned, <laughs> folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, but Sorry, Will. Uh, Origins. The one thing that really irritated me was the fact that you play as well. You play as Bayek, that's your main guy, and then occasionally you would switch over and play as his wife Aya, and I really did not like that. I didn't like the fact that I worked so hard with Bayek to level him up, get him like the most badass weapons and and badass outfits and all that jazz, and then you switch over to Aya, and she has like stock garbage weapons, and you're fighting. You had naval battles in that game as well but playing as her and they I don't know they just didn't feel right and then the last battle I actually never mind spoiler alert are you guys excited for togas everyone's gonna be in togas it's ancient Greece so we're gonna see a lot of upskirt men just get ready for it well Assassin's Creed's been in togas since like the first one yeah <laughs> so <laughs> even Origins had togas because uh, there's a lot of Romans oh, god there was oh, a lot god. of Romans yeah you know those but... Greeks they love their bathhouses yeah. Yeah, sort of the but, Romans. Uh, going from the sources, it doesn't look like Odyssey will be out this year because I re- do remember an, uh, Ubisoft has uh, confirmed before that the next Assassin's Creed won't be uh, released in the same fiscal year. And that's a good thing, though, because we all know what happened when they started releasing annual Every games. Every year, yeah. They, they definitely learned their lesson, which, uh, which is good. Yeah. I would say it's probably going to be out at the end of, or the beginning of Ubisoft's 2019 fiscal year. So I'm going to say sometime around, maybe around spring. This will probably be a spring title for them next year. Yeah, maybe May, June, probably. Yeah, That would make the most sense. If they release it this year, then and going back to annual uh, Assassin's Creed, they just don't have enough time to make a good game. Mm-hmm. May, you know what? Yeah, May, June is a good release date because then you can hype up your studio based upon the game just before E3. And then if you have a good E3 planned, like, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm Either way, I'm looking forward to seeing more of uh, Odyssey uh, come... Uh, when is Ubisoft? Is that Monday? Uh, Monday, yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Monday the 11th. So stay tuned. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a busy weekend, the E3 weekend for sure, because we have Saturdays, um, quite a few, if I recall. No, Saturday is uh, EA, I think. Yeah, no, it's Sunday that has a lot. No, Sunday only has two. Sunday is Microsoft and Bethesda, and Monday is the big one. That has three, and then uh, Nintendo's by themselves on Tuesday. I like how Nintendo's always last, and that always made me laugh because... Um, everyone's like, hey guys, check out our cool stuff, Xbox, Sony, bleh, and they just like puke out all their stuff, and then like little Japanese guys walk in on Tuesday, it's always on Tuesday too, they always walk in and they're just like, wee, and they just have their like little gimmicky shit and they just like, wait, oh man, it's funny, I, I always get a kick out of the Nintendo stuff. I mean, you gotta save the best for last too, right? I mean, that's the thing, you go in there, you watch Sony, Microsoft, and all the hype builds up and the Nintendo finally comes out and then everyone's super stoked. There was only one year where Nintendo just bombed so hard. Like, I think it was the year... It was the year the Wii came out. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was... It, it, oh, no, it was actually when they when they announced Skyward Sword. 
um, like before it got like it was the first time they announced it, and then like uh, Shigeru Miyamoto was like trying to like roll the 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 bombs with the Wii Mote, and it was just failing so hard, and it was just yeah. <laughs> it was yeah so that's funny. what I was talking about when the controls were just super broken. He was struggling on stage, <laughs> so unresponsive, and he had this like blank look on his face, like oh fuck, <laughs> oh, poor guy. Those damn testers <laughs> let me down. He was thinking, but no, now they've stepped up their game and they have little Muppet intros. Yeah. Other than uh, last year, though, Sony has pretty much stolen the show uh, for E3 for, like, the last decade. Well, yeah, it wasn't very hard the one year when Xbox was like, oh, the Xbox One, you can't share games. And then they, like, literally came out, they're like, here's how you share games. And And it's always on. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it's always on, it's always connected to the internet. Yeah, they, Xbox didn't think that one through because that's huge. Oh, yeah. Last year, uh, Nintendo definitely stole the show with the unveiling of the Switch. Uh... Who, who, who do you think is going to take the show this year? I mean, I th- I think Nintendo because uh, it's their time. They just released a brand new console. They have Pokemon, all these awesome new games. Yeah, and, Smash. Uh, so, so Sony just announced that the PlayStation 4 is entering the end of its life cycle. So they're probably going to start, you know, relaxing now. Well, the, th- the other thing I like about Nintendo too is like when they're working on something big, they literally just plug all the holes. And they don't they don't release anything about it, and then everyone's like, "Hey, whatever happened to that Nintendo company? I haven't heard from them in a while." And then they literally just kick down the door. They're like, "Something cool!" And then everyone freaks out because um, they were like that with the Switch. Like they they didn't say anything about a new console for freaking. Or no, they no they teased it. They said, "Oh, something Nintendo NX," and everyone's like, "What the fuck is that?" And they're just like super stoked on it. And then they didn't say a fucking thing for like two years. Everyone's like, what's the NX? They're like literally jittering and then they kick down the door and they're like, and it was it was a random time too. Like it was in, I can't remember. Oh no, it was a month before it got released. They finally came out with uh, a direct and they're like, hey guys, Switch and Zelda's launching on it and everyone's like freaking out. And that, that, that was just such a good marketing ploy, I thought. Yeah, I really enjoyed how Nintendo handled, uh, you know, all their, their unveils last year. But I've got a feeling it's probably, I think Sony's got some uh, hidden gems. They have not announced anything in the last, like, three or four weeks. They're keeping things tight-lipped. Uh, I want to go back to... Sorry, don't knock Sony. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, one more thing about Nintendo is uh, their CEO, uh, sorry if I butcher your name, sir, Shintaro Furukawa. Um, he's the, one of the, I think, if not the first, one of the first uh, Nintendo CEOs to be fluent in English. So yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be super exciting to hear him and what he has to say. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, like you said, Will about Sony. I think yeah, Sony's got a definitely got something up their sleeve for sure. I think Xbox is kind of banking on Halo Six, to be honest, because they kind of. I'm hoping they have more than that. Like, there's rumors that we've got a new um, new Fable. Uh, you know, there's uh, what is it in the leak? There was Gears of War from Walmart, you know, they yeah. do have lots of titles, but they can't just bank on one title if they want to win this uh, this generation. Yeah, hey, what about the Scorpio? Is that coming out this year? Or is that already out? No, the Scorpio is just a limited version of the Xbox One X. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I wonder if they're so going to announce some sort of new console in development then. I don't think they will. Like, the Xbox One X is powerful enough to be the next generation console. They just have to act, make Xbox One X titles. Right. You know, yeah, so. Because then maybe that's what Sony's going to do is they're going to announce their next gen console. 
because they have the 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 PlayStation or sorry the PS4 and then the PS4 Pro. And yeah. that's well, yeah. Sony's uh, president in an interview last week, like Brooks said, is he admitted that uh, the PlayStation 4 is on its last, like, you know. But um, he also said the next PlayStation is at least four, year, uh, three to four years away. Oh, okay. Interesting. But so why would, but why would he... They're still selling. <laughs> yeah, true. But why would he say it's at the end of its life cycle and then say, oh, yeah, we'll, but the next one's not going to be ready for three to four years. Well, the end of the life cycle just means like that's what it means. It means like three three years left. Pretty much. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, when the when was the PS4 release? That was on when the Xbox One came out in 2015. I think it was 20 because the Xbox One came out in 2013. So I think the PlayStation what? was 2014. Was it that long? No, ago? they all came out the same year. Because I remember I bought them within a month of each other, and I was very broke for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I remember the Wii U came out in like 2012, and, and everyone I was like, "Oh, why is Nintendo just like arbitrarily releasing a random console, and then the other two companies don't have anything to counter it?" That's what I, I remember thinking that. But, anyways, um, I yeah, like going back to E3 and 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 what to expect, I guess, from the companies. Yeah, Nintendo's gonna have a good run for sure. Like we said, we, they got Smash and they got the new Pokemon game, and I think there's gonna be a Metro Prime game announced according to Walmart. But you know, Walmart's you know not credible. Um, and then yeah, PS will be good, and Sony will be good. What about the other studios? Bethesda. I'm sure. Well, obviously, we'll be talking about uh, their Fallout game. Bethesda has a lot of titles. Uh, there was a, uh, well, not a rumor, but it was more of a leak. Um, I don't know if they're going to show it off, but one of their next uh, big new IPs is apparently a space RPG. Oh, yeah. Now, this has me interested because Bethesda is just that damn good at making story, story, like story player games. You know, you play a game from Bethesda and you just keep playing through it. You want to know how that game ends. You want to play your character. Right. Space is a different uh, kind of style of game. Mass Effect's done it, but not too full-on like story. Mass Effect has kind of dropped the ball there. I'm really interested to see if this is actually true, what Bethesda can bring to a space RPG. Because they did Prey, which was kind of space RPG-oriented, but was more of an action survival kind of shooter experience it's it yeah did you guys play prey yeah i, I own prey i bought it uh during uh black or boxing day it's great game uh there's rumors that the one of the bethesda's announcements is either going to be prey 2 or a brand new dlc because last year i don't know if you guys remember at e3 bethesda released that graphic and it was like a big theme park of all their games they had skyrim they had fallout they had prey they had all that stuff and then there was a a uh, section of the theme park that was closed and said coming soon. So yeah. this is finally, this is what that's going to be, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, it was probably something they wanted to show off maybe end of the last, the end of last year, but they just didn't feel like they wanted to. And this year I have a feeling that they're coming to play. Well, yeah, they got, uh, if they can outplay Microsoft, that'd be cool. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, Ubisoft, um, I'm trying to think of the other people. I'm, I don't have the list in front of me. Ubisoft and Activision, and, EA, and EA, Square right. Enix. Yeah, so they wonder what they're going to bring to the table. EA is going to be like, hey, there's a game that's going to get released in 10 years, but we'll release it next year. 
Yeah. It'll be done. We swear. This is actually the first year. Well, it's been, I guess, four. Yeah, four years since uh, Square Enix has actually done a full-on uh, press conference for E3. Usually they just do some interviews and trailers. Because they're going to show off Shadow of the Tomb Raider for sure. That we do know. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII Remake. Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Um... They've definitely got more than that, though, if they're doing a full conference. Yeah. I mean, they have to take up, what, like an hour? A little bit more, I think. And now uh, the conference changes depending, like... Some have gone for like three. Some have only been like an hour and a half. Well, Nintendo's go for three because Reggie Fila may talk so freaking slow. <laughs> that is true. I love Reggie though. Nice save. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, he probably maybe he had issues with public speaking, and then that was his way of dealing with it. He just talks super slow. Here at Nintendo, we have great things on the horizon. That's literally that, that's that was pretty good. That was just, that's pacing. That's what he sounds like. He's but. just building the hype. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you know, but he does it like a wrestling match or something. He's waiting for those people to say what? Yeah, what? But maybe that was that, yeah. That's the marketing thing too. Is like, but he does it so well where like you're not like just spit it out. You're like, what is it, Nintendo? <laughs> exactly. Um, I also want to uh, bring up a leak that was, uh, it's been kind of rumored for a little while, but there is a brand new um, uh, display panel type thing that they use to show off uh, little ga like games that are going to be on the showroom for E3. And on it, uh, the picture shows Dragon Ball uh, Fighter Z, Mon uh, the new Monster Hunter Ultimate, FIFA 19, Killer Queen Black, Starlink Battle for Atlas, uh, Mario Tennis Aces, Overcooked 2, Paladins, uh, Paladins, Champions of something. <laughs> but right up at the top, the first thing that draw, uh, got my attention was Fortnite. Yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're going to have that um, that uh, tournament, right? With a celebrity tournament or whatever? No, I'm talking, this is uh, for Nintendo. Oh, for Nintendo. Oh. So oh. these are all, it says uh, Nintendo Switch, and those are the games that are going to be on display at the showroom. I feel like now Fortnite on the Switch. Yes, because that's portable as shit, and that is awesome. But Those then games again, they're gonna get wrecked, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if it's portable. You need an internet connection. So, what are you gonna go to Starbucks? And that's play? what I'm saying, right? You're gonna be on Starbucks. You're gonna be on McDonald's Wi-Fi, going up against Mr. PC with his mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's still it's still a free game, and a lot of Switch people still keep their consoles at home because they don't want to get it ruined, right? Right. So it's not like they're going to charge for Fortnite. The game is still going to be free. It's just going to be downloaded, be able to be played now on the Switch moving forward. I'm just looking, thinking, holding the Switch controllers, the Joy-Cons, and trying to build. <laughs> well, it might be easier because you have your hands separated and then you're like all in it. And then you like, oh, I wonder if they're going to add any gimmicky garbage like... Oh, if you flick your controllers to the left, you build a wall or something. Actually, that'd be badass. I'd be instantly better at that game. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, like... I don't think they would change the game style that much. It no. would take too much to develop it. Well, Sorry, I... Do you guys... I, I hate to go back to, to Nintendo. Um, do you guys think they're going to show off any Nintendo Labo stuff for the for Pokemon? Oh, oh probably. They'll probably make you into, like, a, a Tyranitar. And then you'll walk around and crush stuff. 
<laughs> I don't know. The the Labo hasn't really sold too well for Nintendo. No. So I mean, I, I think this might be the time that it's one of those things that they are just gonna scrap push the Labo? and never see it again. <laughs> just sweep it under <laughs> I the... I hope, man. I hope so. They just sweep it under the rug. Oh, like yeah. They were expecting it to at least sell good in Japan, and then there's, like, pictures of the thing still on the shelves. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I don't, I don't know what they were thinking. I, was that the old CEO's idea? I don't know. I don't know. The problem was with the Labo, even though it looks fun, it's that price tag. Yes, yeah, for sure it's a price tag, yeah. If it came with, like, multiple games, maybe, but not one game and some cardboard. Yeah, and then that's just one version. So you have to buy, like, if you want to play, say, the robot one, the fishing one, the piano, the robo uh, the electric car. Yeah. You know, you're going to be spending, like, to collect them all, like, $700, $800. Yeah, if you paid 80 bucks <laughs> for all the sets and all those games, that's worth it, I think. Yeah, but, like, $700 for cardboard? Yeah. <laughs> for cardboard i can probably make make it better out of my moving boxes <laughs> no that's a that's a bloody lie i can't build a table um yeah i think nintendo <laughs> has realized once again they've made a mistake i mean they tried to be they tried to be innovative like they do and then it didn't work out so um i think the new president came in and was like no bad idea and he uh got rid of that well he didn't get rid of it but he, he's probably like this is a dumb idea yeah, and Labo was has always been dumb to me, no matter what. Uh, he, the people who made the Labo, he's probably like, I want you to build one and put it on. And then and then he like filmed it, and then he like, put the video on the Nintendo corporate website, and he's just embarrassed them. It's like, the see, it's dumb. Shame. It's it, like the website, like the video of shame. The Nintendo, <laughs> the Nintendo site of shame. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and that on, would be ruthless. And on there is, is Reggie Fiele going, my body is ready. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, anyway, anyway, guys, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hop off. I have uh, have some company. Yeah, I think we should all hop off and yeah, uh, we, think about our, think about our life choices. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> think, so uh, anything uh, anything left to say, Will? Before we sign off? Uh, no, just uh, stay tuned to all our E3 coverage. And like I mentioned last time, uh, we're also going to be doing um, uh, pre E3. Uh, podcast uh, starting monday and friday so definitely check those out you'll see what we predict um what's already been talked about and maybe some surprises it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh brooks uh thanks a lot for joining us today sir thank you folks for having me uh can't wait for e3 it's gonna be huge huge all right guys thanks for listening to the video games now podcast let us know your thoughts on our facebook page instagram twitter all those ones and uh, check out our new shirt. It's called Blow, Blow, Blow. And <laughs> that sounds awful to say on the air. But um, yeah, so thanks, thanks a lot, guys. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.